Meanwhile, in the mysterious ice fortress, Colburn confronts the evil Dr. Bone Chiller. Give it up. The heat is on in your left out in the cold, Bone Chiller. Not so fast, Colburn. One pull of this switch will transform the entire Earth water supply into crystallized precipitation. But that means there will be snow everywhere. Yes, Colburn. Let it snow! Let it snow! <laughs> <laughs> another Christmas-themed episode of Monster Kid Radio going out on Christmas Day, December 25th. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope you're having a wonderful... Well, you know what? I hope you're having a wonderful day either way. Happy holidays from us here at Monster Kid Radio. Welcome to the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your host, writer-producer, Derek M. Cook. And in this episode of Monster Kid Radio... We're going to spend about $13.22 worth of time talking about the 1959 film Santa Claus. You know, Santa Claus versus the devil. Merlin's in there. It, you know, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a glorious mess. It's a wonderful mess. I had a really good time talking about this movie with my good friend, Scott Morris. You guys and gals know him as one of my co-hosts over at 1951 Down Place. He's also one of the high muckety mucks over at the Disney Indiana podcast. Scott's been on the show repeatedly since the start of Monster Kid Radio. And I've been podcasting with him for years. So when I had an opportunity to watch this movie and talk about it with Scott, well, it was a real treat for me. And I hope you guys and gals dig the conversation as well. As with last time, we do get a little spoilery when it comes to the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, well, you really kind of owe it to yourself to watch the flick. Or, you know what? Just listen to the episode and decide for yourself if you want to go back and watch the movie. We don't talk about the final end of the movie. We just kind of get more specific about some particular scenes that really creeped me out. Before we get to that, though, Monster Kid Radio. You can find us over at Monster Kid Radio. Net. This is where you're going to find everything you need to know about the podcast between episodes. We've got links to our live 365 internet radio station. This is a free service that you can dial up and listen to. Well, not really dial up. You have to click on it or maybe download the app to your phone. But you can listen to music, trailers, things like that from classic monster movies, science fiction, fantasy films. It's all in there. I have a lot of fun programming that radio station. Next year, we've got some changes coming to it. One of these changes I'm talking a little bit about over on our Facebook group. So go look up Monster Kid Radio on Facebook or follow the Facebook group button over at our website. It'll take you to the group where you can join and get involved with conversations with other Monster Kid Radio listeners between episodes and participate in the poll. Now, I'm going to start trying to do more polls on a semi-regular basis in the Facebook group. So if you're a Facebook user, well, you know where to go. You can also find a link to our Patreon page where people can support Monster Kid Radio. That's getting updated next year as well. What's not getting updated, what stays the same is our contact information. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Our voicemail line, it's 503-4795-MKR, as in Monster Kid Radio. That's 503-479-5657. I bring that up. Because a number of former guests here on Monster Kid Radio have called in and left more holiday greetings. In the last episode a couple of days ago, we had some of those. We're going to have some more 
today. We're also going to hear from a fellow podcaster and then another listener of the show as well. We're going to be doing that after Scott and I continue to talk about the 1959 Rene Cardona film, Santa Claus. We're going to get to all of that right after this. An orgy of terror. It's the light of the bloody apes. Creatures born of madness. Half man, half beast, all horror. It's the monster! The night of the bloody apes. One man shares their terrible secret. One man challenges nature on the night of bloody apes. Sharing their bloodlust in the name of science, daring divine will with his bizarre creations. But a horrible half-beast, half-human. They strike again. And again, and again. The lust of a man in the body of a beast. What can stop them? What can appease them? Half man, half beast, all horror. Nobody sleeps. Beware. The night of the bloody apes. They rip, they tear, they claw you to pieces. It's an orgy of terror. Beware. It's the night of the bloody apes. They claw you to pieces. It's an orgy of terror. It's the night of the bloody apes, and the creatures of hell are loose. The night of the bloody apes. Santa Claus conquers the Martians. sets up a fantastic automatic toy factory on Mars. The Martian leader battles the wicked Bodar in a desperate effort to save Santa, the wise man of Mars. 900 years old. The Battle of the Toys, when Martian kids and Earth kids join Santa to battle the bad guys of Mars. 
Space Age fun, you'll be out of this world when Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Whether you're in a cave or behind a million mountains, Santa Claus sees you through his master eye and invites you to his magic wonderland. See Santa Claus in his magic motion picture come past the doors of his towering castle into a fantastic crystal laboratory filled with weird and wonderful secrets into his heavenly workshop, the most marvelous toy factory of all. Watch his battle with a mischievous demon who wants to get children into trouble. You'd better watch out. You'll want to shout about the picture that won the Golden Gate Family Film Award. Everyone everywhere is waiting for the K. Gordon Murray presentation, Santa Claus in Eastman Colorscope. Saturday and Sunday matinee only at a theater near you. Now, does he pray before he takes off? He mentions Jesus at some point around here. Does that mean he starts talking about Jesus guiding my light or something? Something like that, yes. Which I applaud, I suppose. Maybe the war on Christmas hasn't hit 1959 Mexico yet. I don't know. (laughs) So Santa does his pre-flight, takes off, heads to Earth, and we, we now see... That he's heading for Mexico City first, obviously, for this movie. And Pitch is there waiting for him. And he's like, this is one night no one can take from me. And he's ready to take advantage of Santa, make sure that he can't finish his rounds. First thing he does is he's up on top of the roof and he moves the chimney so Santa can't get down the chimney. What? Yeah, wouldn't there happen to just be a big hole where the chimney was? Yeah, that's not how (laughs) chimneys work. (laughs) So Santa can't get down the chimney, but he's got that magic key. So he's able to to go into the house. Now, this first house that he goes into, it doesn't correlate with any of the kids that we've met. This is where we're, you know, we're going to see a little interaction between Santa and Pitch for the first time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, to the point where, you know, Santa comes down, he floats down with his flower and he's looking in the window and he sees Pitch in there. And uh, Pitch decides that he's going to blow on the doorknob to make it really hot, because I guess all devils have the breath of Hades or something. So Santa sees that and laughs, and he sneaks through the window instead. (laughs) Sneaks behind Pitch, goes over to the tree, puts the uh, presents for this family into that tree. Pitch is still blowing on the doorknob, not paying attention. And Santa pulls out of his giant sack a little cannon, like little World War II toy cannon. Sets it on the coffee table, aims it at Pitch, and fires. And it shoots out this little missile that sticks in Pitch's posterior. And, of <laughs> course, we get the comic scene of Pitch ah, running around, grabbing at his butt. <laughs> and Hilarious. Santa laughing. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, Scott. <laughs> you know, as terribly odd as this movie is, I know I'm going to go back and rewatch it. In fact, I know I'm going to do to people what you did to me. I'm going to find a way to give this as a gift to other people and be like, okay, <laughs> you've got to watch this movie. And, and I'm going to try to one-up you. I want to be there while that person is watching it. Oh, if I could have done that with you, I mean, oh, I don't know how many man. people out there in podcast land know you're on the West Coast and I'm in Middle America. So it's not like 
easily we could get together to watch a movie. But if it could have happened, this would be one worth doing it for. Oh, definitely. Oh, wow. So do you think Macaulay Culkin uh, saw this film? (laughs) (laughs) Especially with the heated doorknob. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. What a bizarre film. And Pitch. All right. Can we talk more about Pitch? Sure. What do you want to say about him? (laughs) The actor is actually more known for being a dancer than an actor. Well, that makes sense. Was he better a better dancer than what he was as Pitch? <laughs> and I'm looking at the IMDb listing right now. I don't see him in the credits here. Was he called something else in the Mexican version of the film? I believe so. I'll know it when I see it. I thought I read that somewhere, but I don't remember what it would be. Uh, was he El Diablo? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I do remember that his nickname was Trotsky when they were doing the um, special features. So, yeah, that's yeah. him. Jose Luis Aguirre. Jose Luis Aguirre Trotsky. Yeah, Trotsky is his nickname. And, he, you know, he did a lot of work. I mean, you go look him up and he's got, you know, over 30 credits on the Internet Movie Database. The guy who played Santa Claus, Jose Elias Moreno. You know, he also has quite a few credits and was active up until the 70s making film in Mexico. A couple of movies that I actually have in my collection here, like Night of the Bloody Apes and things like that. You know, so, I mean, these are not one-offs. Kids are one-offs. Yeah, that's the only other movie I've seen him in. I have actually seen Night of the Bloody Apes because that's the one where he puts his son's brain into an ape, I believe. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, the other kids are kind of like one-offs. Pedro didn't really have a long career. Whoa, take that back. 16 credits, Mr. Internet Movie Database. (laughs) Wow. Including Tom Thumb and the Little Red Riding Hood. He was working all the way to 1973. Wow. Well, good for him. If I ever see him anything else, he'll always be Pedro to me. Yeah, that's true. And Lupita, again, she very, very few movie credits, just a couple. This was her last film, according to the internet. Lupita, who couldn't have been very old in this. I mean, how old would you say Lupita was? Four or five, maybe. She spends a lot of time actively not looking into the camera lens and looking very sad. At one point tells her mom that she's going to pray to Santa so she can get two dollies, one for her and one for baby Jesus. (laughs) What did you think of her dream? That was creepy. Are you talking about the one with the two-sided, the two-faced dolls? With the burlap faces? Yes. Yes. She has this dream, and it's right right after the little rich boy has his dream of wanting, you know, his parents being in the giant boxes. And her dream starts, she's standing in the middle of this big open area that's kind of got a layer of fog at her feet. And There's there's a lot of fog in this movie, by the way. A lot. They use it as a transition device. There's no, like, interesting wipes or anything between sequences. No, it all goes to fog, and they go to another scene. But behind her is probably 20 of those large boxes. And as the music starts, the boxes open, and there's 20 identically-looking dolls that have two faces, a smiley face and a frowny face, kind of a burlap. They sort of look like the little doll that she had attempted to to steal steal earlier. And they all kind of dance around her. When this first happens, they don't really make a big deal out of the fact that the back of the dolls had seven other face on it. But you know there's something wrong. Because <laughs> there aren't really a lot of close-ups until later on into the dance. But there's something off about these 
doll heads. And when you do get to the close-ups of it, you're like, oh, wow, that's um, creepy. Yeah, Lupita. <laughs> no, no, Lupita. <laughs> Luckily, in the MST3K version, that scene is cut. It's not even in there. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God, they would have had a field day with that. Because <laughs> I didn't see that until I saw the uncut version. Now, when I saw Rift Tracks the other night, they actually put that scene back in and they riffed on it. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have the same time constraints, right? Probably. Both Rift Tracks. Yeah, because with MST3K, they've got to fit this into a, a, a two-hour block, not including, I mean, which includes commercials. So, right. And any other bits that they do. And, Little host and, bits. Yeah, any shorts they decide to include. Man, it was so odd. So when you saw this sequence for the first time, what did you think? First time I saw it through and I thought to myself, you know, I've always thought that Santa's workshop was the creepiest part of this movie, but not anymore. Now it's Lapita's subconscious. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I hope that she doesn't get one of those for the little baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Lapita's home. If you aren't really paying attention to the movie, like if you step away and then come back to it and you see the shot of her like in a window looking longingly outside, there's bars on the window. It's like she's in prison. Well, she stole the dolly, attempted doll napping. <laughs> but yes, it does look like she's in prison. Oh, man. And I do like the scene where her dad goes out on Christmas Eve to try to find a job. Well? <laughs> a Christmas Eve night. I mean, it's like 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, he's out looking for a job. He's dedicated. <laughs> True. He's dedicated. Maybe, maybe the little rich boy's parents could hook him up. Well, if you wanted to tie all the stories together, that would, oh, we do have a job for you sweeping our factory. <laughs> oh, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This film, overall. Compared to Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which one do you prefer? This one. Not even really? close. Yes. <laughs> wow. I'm actually quite shocked to hear you say that. I love them both. I, I'll watch them at Christmas time. But there's something about just the bizarreness of this film that I really, really like. You know, Santa Claus versus the Martians. There's a lot of just straight out humor and goofy humor slapstick with Droppo and everything. I was going to say, you got Droppo, man. But you've got Pitch here. Pitch is basically the same type of character as Droppo, except for he doesn't turn good. But he's he's as slapsticky. But he's also got this. I don't know how to describe it. It's like when you have somebody who's a rich, over the top guy in a, doing a crazy, you know that that trope of uh, a, a fop type of character. That's what Pitch reminds me of, and he's just a lot of fun. All his little plans that he has to entrap Santa and enlist the, the three bad guys, or th three little bad boys. The whole scene at the end where he's got, he basically trees Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, he's just I, not very effective here as a villain. <laughs> no, he's not, but that's part of his charm. That's true. Those and those big goofy ears they have hanging off the side of his head. Which every time he violently shakes his head, I think they're going to fly off. The ears and occasionally the horns, too, feel like they're going to bounce right off. Well, I'm, I'm shocked to hear you say that because I thought you really liked Droppo. Like, Droppo would put it over the edge for you, but no. you No. It, huh. It comes down to pitch versus Droppo, and I just, I like pitch better. 
Wow. Okay. Which Santa Claus do you like better? Oh, the, the Santa Claus from Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. The dubbing of this Santa is just a little off-putting. When you see him on screen talking and the voice, you can, it's really bad that the voice doesn't sound like it's coming from him. Kind of is an off-putting to me. Sure. Now, I've, I watched quite a few dub movies. I mean, I prefer them subtitled, but a lot of times all you can get is the dubbed. And, you know, I've watched a couple of the Lucha Libre films, you know, dubbed. Some of the work I do over at Dorado Films is matching dub tracks to film and that sort of thing. And so I watch a lot of dub films. I didn't find this as off-putting as some. I mean, it's not as bad as some of the Kung Fu stuff that El Rey shows. But, yeah, it is a little off. It's a little creepy. I found it more dis- disconcerting with the kids. I found Pedro's lack of lip sync to be weird. <laughs> just flat out weird. Not off-putting, but just weird. Well, the, the whole toy uh, shop when they're doing this, the dubbing with the singing is weird. Well, yeah, especially with half the kids looking like they're just stoned. <laughs> or or, or pop, they gave them a bunch of sugar and waited for the crash and then started shooting. To me, a lot of them look like they just don't want to be there. Somebody's parents got paid a couple bucks to bring them to the set, and they thought it was going to be their kid's big break in the film. Yep. Huh. Well, I don't know which one I like better. I think this one would be a more entertaining watch. But if I'm going to watch something straight, maybe Santa Claus. You know what? I don't normally say this. I'm the guy who watches Manos the Hands of Fate straight and finds enough to enjoy about it. I I have a sickness, I know. This Santa Claus, I think, would be better MST3K'd. Having seen both, I don't know if that's the case. Really? Yeah. I, I, I enjoy them both, obviously for different reasons. There's just something some quality to this film that I just really get into and, and, and just enjoy. I am shocked. I mean, <laughs> I, I have nothing to say to that. I, I, I don't know how to respond. I mean, there was a reason why I gave you a copy of this. I kind of like this film <laughs> for what it is. I mean, it's definitely not, I mean, yeah, it's won an award, but it's not going to win awards that we've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> It's so odd. I, uh, I'm shocked, man. Maybe a little bit of is the people that made this film. I don't <laughs> clueless. Clue. Uh, yeah, obviously they didn't know the Santa mythos, but I d- also don't think they a hundred percent knew what kind of movie they were making. I I don't think they started out to make a movie that was campy. Whereas Santa Claus conquers the Martians. When you get that title, you know you're making something campy. And I think that plays into a little bit of why I like this film more. I mean, it turned out to be a good campy, but I don't think that's what they intended. That's a good point. No, I, I can see that point of view, actually. You're right. Santa Claus conquers the Martians? What script is that? You know, I mean, but this is just Santa Claus or whatever the Spanish language equivalent is. It doesn't immediately scream, you know, we're going to make this campy kids flick. And, I mean, it's got people who don't normally do kids' movies involved with it. Rene Cardona does not, you know, didn't make kids' movies. Yeah, he made Santo films. And, you know, the target audience for that probably is not your average 30-, 40-year-old. But it's not like he was known for making children's cinema. But despite their best efforts, it really is a campy, creepy movie. Yeah, there's some really unnerving, creepy looks and scenes in this film i mean his spy shop his (laughs) his reindeer team the whole workshop the scene in hell where they're all dancing (laughs) (laughs) 
the mixing of Santa and Jesus and Christianity and Merlin and Merlin and sword and sandal with the key master. No, no, Lupita. <laughs> no. It's like we're watching some sort of weird fever dream through one of Santa Claus's dream watching devices. That's a very good description. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, uh, you know, I love the colors. I mean, I really do love, like I said, Mexican color genre cinema. I love those colors. And I love the set pieces of Santa's castle, which sort of look like it would be better suited in a Aladdin movie. <laughs> Well, some of the shots from outer space looks like the end of the never-ending story, the way they're just kind of floating there, and the, the castle's just kind of floating there in the clouds. You know? I always got a, a Land of Dairy Queen vibe Because <laughs> <laughs> there's this fog and everything. is like it's cold. and I <laughs> it's, it's a movie. Um, <laughs> now, the Blu-ray, does it hit? I thought you said, and I didn't check, but I thought you said it's got a commentary on it. Yes. Did you watch it? I've watched about 20, 25 minutes of it. It's pretty good. Okay. So much of I've listened to it, and like I said, I haven't listened to all of it yet. I've enjoyed what I've heard. This particular Blu-ray runs, what, less than 15 bucks right now? Amazon has it right now for $13.22. Which means, one, you can add it to your collection pretty easily, and two, Scott only spent $13.22 on me on Christmas last year. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't the only thing I got. I you. know, I know. I'm just teasing, man. It's... It's, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> no, you hooked a brother up last year, sir. <laughs> oh, but this, this Blu-ray is easily worth $13.22. <laughs> That's your takeaway, ladies and gentlemen. It's worth $13.22. That might actually make its way into the episode uh, title on this particular release. You know, I would go as high as thirteen twenty-five, but <laughs> Wow. Big spender there, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't want to spend that it's also streaming on amazon instant video as yeah. well well and you can get a bare bones release of it on dvd for like six bucks i'm seeing vci entertainment are the people behind this one and you know for the most part they do pretty good work especially when they do the restored movies if you go to vci classic films.wordpress.com you can see some clips from the movie as well as a before and after Example of the restoration they did, which I believe is probably a special feature on the Blu-ray as well. Yeah, the first time I actually bought this film was probably 10, 12 years ago at a grocery store for a dollar in one of those big bins. <laughs> and a few years later, I went to see Cinematic Titanic Live, which is Joel Hudson and, and several of the other members of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I brought that copy of Santa Claus with me, and they all signed it, even though it wasn't the Misty version. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Although, after having met Joel, I get the impression he'd sign anything you put in front of him. True. But they all, they all had a good time laughing when they, when they saw it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Joel looked at me, he's like, you know I didn't do that episode. <laughs> but he still signed it. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to top this next year, Scott. I don't either. I, I really don't know. I guess there's another Santa Fairyland something movie out there. I, uh, You know, maybe that's a challenge we should put out to the Monster Kid radio listeners. I want to keep this up. I want to keep doing this tradition here of Christmas or holiday-themed movies the week of Christmas on Monster Kid Radio. Last year, real easy. 
I mean, it's the Martians. This one, ah, you know, it's got the devil. It's still got a monster in it. Sure, why not? So what do we do next year? And how do we possibly top a movie that Scott would easily pay thirteen twenty five for? <laughs> and mechanical reindeer. Creepy oh, mechanical reindeer. Yeah. What a treat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy that you, you know, sound like you enjoyed the film. And oh, that I you, did. And I that did. you want to share this with others. That That's a nice holiday. That's the spirit of Christmas. The spirit of Christmas right there. <laughs> I I honestly uh, I so wanted you know if we'd watched it together, the scene when you first see his spy shop, and the scene when you first see his reindeer team, I would have been watching you. I would not have been watching the screen. <laughs> oh, and that's exactly what I would do next time I, if I were showing this to somebody. Now I know better. I'm not going to ask Brenda to watch this with me. But man, if I could sit somebody down who had never seen this movie before. I would spend the entire time watching them react to the pitch sequence, to the dancing dream doll sequence, the spy shop with those creepy lips. You know, I know Brenda pretty well. I would love just to show her that scene. Just the spy <laughs> shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk, at least in some of the websites and blogs that I go to, about how this whole elf on the shelf thing kind of encourages this spy culture in children, which I think is probably taking it a little too far, really. I don't really buy that. But, I mean, this is just flat out stalker. I mean, this is creepy. He knows when you've been sleeping. <laughs> yeah. There's a line that Santa Claus says in this movie that I have heard in a Disney film. Which line's that? A dream is a wish the heart makes or something like that? Yep, he does. Yeah, what, what is that from? Is that from Pinocchio? Oh, now you can cut me off guard. Hey, you're the Disney dude. I know. I was thinking with Cinderella. It is. See? You're the <laughs> Disney dude. That's the name of a song. Yeah. <laughs> Cinderella. Yeah, Santa Claus says it. So I don't know. What came first? When did Cinderella come out? Yeah, 1950. So... I don't know. Is that something that was would have gotten into the cultural zeitgeist at that point? Was it something that was in the culture beforehand? That phrase? I don't know. <laughs> Either way, that turns up. I was like, oh, there's a little Disney connection. Kind of sort of. Kind of sort of. Really. <laughs> oh boy. Well, speaking of Christmas, this episode's going this particular episode's going out on Christmas itself. So what does Scott and Tracy Morris do for Christmas? Uh, we go and spend time with our, our families, going over to my dad's and my stepmom's, and then uh, over to Tracy's family on uh, Christmas Day itself. So Christmas Eve will be at my family, and Christmas Day will be at her family. And then a few days later, we're going to be lucky enough that uh, you guys are going to meet up with my wife and I for a little bit of video chatting as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that as well. Scott, on behalf of Monster Kid Radio, you know, all one of us <laughs> happy holidays to you and yours man and on behalf of all of the listeners which i have no idea how many there are but i'm sure there's more than one a merry <laughs> christmas to you as well <laughs> please give my regards to tracy okay and you as well to Bren, please. We'll do. We'll do. We'll have to have you back on. You know, I haven't really talked too much about what's coming up in 2015 outside of saying a few times vaguely that there are big plans. There are big plans. You're part of them. So 
Looking forward to that, man. For next year for Monster Kid Radio, looking forward to having you back on many, many times. Uh, anytime that I get to be in the co-host chair of Monster Kid Radio is a good time. 1951 down play, so it's a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tolerate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think I'll end on that. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope Casey enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> I was serious. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I am going to go back and watch that Blu-ray some more. I am going to go and explore some of those special features and try to learn a little bit more about this movie. I'm fascinated by Kay Gordon Murray. I'm fascinated by Rene Cardona. I'm fascinated by Mexican fantasy cinema as it is. So any opportunity to learn a little bit more about it and talk about it here on the show, I'm going to jump at Scott. I said it before off mic. I think I said it in the recording. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And thank you for hooking me up with a copy of this Blu-ray. Thank you for the <laughs> generous gift last year when you gave it to me on Blu-ray. I don't know what we're going to talk about next year. We're going to have to really try to find something Christmas holiday flavored, classic fantasy or not so classic fantasy or sci-fi monster-ish that I can have Scott back on to talk about in December 2015. If anybody has any ideas, well, maybe go over to the Facebook group and make your suggestions there. Why don't we go ahead and dive into some of these holiday greetings? Hello, fellow Monster Kids. This is Christopher from the Orphan Entertainment Podcast. I think I can speak for my co-hosts, Barry and Lydia, when I wish everyone listening to Monster Kid Radio a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a joyous Kwanzaa, or at the very least, we hope you enjoyed a few days off. I personally would like to end this year by thanking Derek for all the effort he puts in the show and for allowing me to be a part of it. I've only had the pleasure of sitting in on one episode so far, and hint, but it was a tremendous amount of fun. Monster Kid Radio is a present under the podcast tree every week for me and is one I am always excited about opening. There is never socks in the Monster Kid wrapping paper. So happy holidays to everyone and to all a good fright. This is Ken Blows calling from the desolate desert of Sonora, Mexico. I am a monster basher. I am a super monster kid, a big fan of Monster Kid Radio. And uh, my handle on Facebook is Evan Kendall, and they also know me as Santetito. And I'm calling to wish everyone a Feliz Navidad, Merry Christmas, and uh, thanks, Derek, for the great show. Keep on going, and we hope you have a great, happy New Year. Thank you. Hey, Monster Kid Radio, Derek, your lovely wife, Miss Bren. Let me wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very happy holiday season. This is... Richard, a.k.a. the Monster Movie Kid, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Richard from Wichita, whatever you want to call me, I want to wish you and all the listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Season. Um, 2014 has been a very interesting year. Can't say that I am glad to see the year go. However, I want to thank you for everything you've done with this show this past year and everything uh, I know you will continue to do. You are often a very bright spot in what uh, has been some challenging weeks this past year. So in this holiday season, when we reflect on the years past, uh, I just want to you know, say thank you for everything you've done to put a smile on my face this year. You're doing a wonderful job with the podcast. I've been there since day one. I'll be there until the very end, hopefully many, many years off in the future. And uh, with that, I want to thank all of the listeners out there who have been uh, beside myself and my wife and the journey we've been taking this year. This time of year, uh, the holiday season, uh, just I'm very thankful uh, to have family and friends close by 
uh, whether they are here one-on-one personal or whether they are virtual. Uh, all of the warm wishes have been very, very well received here at this end, and I want to say thank you to everyone. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate this time of year. Thank you for everything you do and looking forward to some good things in 2015. Take care. Hello, Derek. This is Rick Myers of the Recovering Uber Geek blog. And happy holidays to you and Ms. Bren. And a good 2015 for you both. And let's hope that Monster Kid Radio plugs along greatly. Thank you. Hey, it's Frank Schildener here. One of my great pleasures this year was doing Monster Kid Radio. It's been a dream of mine since I first heard you. So... 2014 was awesome. 2015 is going to be even better. So I wish you all very happy holidays, great new year, and keep watching those movies. Don't give them up. Thanks a lot. Bye. Merry Christmas, movie house. Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building and loan. Merry Christmas, Derek M. Cook. Merry Christmas, Monster Kid Radio Podcast. Oh, my mouth's bleeding. My mouth's bleeding. Uh, wait, that's not good. Uh, anyway, this is uh, Joe Blevins from Dead to Rights, D2Rights.blogspot.com, wishing you and yours the happiest of happies. This is Stephen D. Sullivan, author of Daikaiju Attack, White Zombie, Tournament of Death, and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Wishing all you monster kids out in monster kid land a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and Happy Holidays, whatever holiday you're celebrating. Play nice with each other. Hi, Derek. This is Tubby Smelly from the Smellcast. Hey, you know what? 2014 is the year I discovered Monster Kid Radio, and I've been enjoying every episode since. And so glad you like the monolith movie with the crystals that crash down and boom. Uh, that's always been one of my all-time favorites. And uh, how cool was it that you got to see it for the first time? Makes me wonder if you've seen Kronos, uh, the robot monster that stomps on people. Anyways, uh, it's been great listening, and it's been wonderful being part of the Monster Kid Radio community. I wish all of you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, Derek. This is Joseph Perry checking in from South Korea. I'd like to wish uh, you and all the Monster Kid Radio guests and listeners a very Merry Christmas Happy holidays and very happy new year. Thanks a lot, Derek, for all the hard work you do on Monster Kid Radio. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that it helps me keep in touch with my monster fandom in a country that uh, is pretty much absent of that. So thanks once again. And uh, also, I've learned a lot of great bands from the show, and I really appreciate that as well. Best wishes for the coming year and to all the listeners who... uh, post on Facebook and who I've talked with on Facebook and the guests as well. Thanks very much. And I look forward to talking with you all online and listening to the show for another fantastic year. Thanks, Derek. Bye-bye. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you're making wonderful memories. In no particular order, mainly because as of the time that I'm recording this, I don't know what order I'm going to put them in the final mix. We had Christopher Page from the Orphaned Entertainment Podcast. We had Evan Kendall. We had author Frank Schildener. We had Joe Blevins. We had Rich Chamberlain, Rick Myers, author Stephen D. Sullivan, fellow podcaster Toppy Smelly, and listener of the show, Joseph Perry. Oh, and last but not least, 
my wife Brenda as well. Happy holidays to you and yours, everybody who called in and everybody who listens to the show. I appreciate everybody's support. I know we're not technically at the end of the year. That's going to happen next week, but might as well go ahead and put it out there now. Monster Kid Radio has had a bang-up year, and it's all because of you guys and gals listening to the show, throwing me your support, sharing the Facebook post, retweeting things. You know, I wouldn't be where I'm at with this podcast if it wasn't for what you guys and gals do for me each and every week. Every time a new episode comes out, well, it's like a Christmas gift to me. So thank you for your support and for being a Monster Kid Radio listener. You know, somebody on Facebook, I think, referred to listeners of the show as Monster Kid Radio Heads. I don't know if that's going to stick. What do you guys and gals think? Anyway, next week on Monster Kid Radio, Stephen D. Sullivan, he's going to be back on the show. We're going to be reviewing and talking about a movie that I've been wanting to talk about here on the show for quite some time. Yeah, it's in the public domain. Yeah, a lot of the copies of it look pretty washed out and not so great. But Steve and I were able to watch an awesome transfer of the 1958 film, The Screaming Skull. It's kind of cool. We'll tell you a little bit more about that next week here at Monster Kid Radio. Stay tuned. In the meantime, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. That's from the Nick Adams. That's the, and the Nick is in the name, Adams as in science. You can find them over at thenickadams.com. The song appears on their album, The Nick Adams Christmas Record. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. Talk to everybody next week. Meanwhile, in the mysterious ice fortress, Colburn confronts the evil Dr. Bone Chiller. Give it up. The heat is on and you're left out in the cold, Bone Chiller. Not so fast, Colburn. One pull of this switch will transform the entire Earth water supply into crystallized precipitation. That means there will be snow everywhere. Yes, Coburn. Let it snow! Let it snow! Ha 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 